This is a Brain Freeze podcast. everybody welcome to the ongoing comic book discussion podcast i'm your host mary tess aka tess if you are new here old here or got lost and wound up here welcome this podcast is for comic book readers new and old you could be a new person or an old person reading reading do you read podcasts no you listen to podcasts too almost got it Yeah. yeah something like that it makes sense thank you thank you megatron um before (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before I introduce my fabulous co-host today, I just want to announce one more time that after this episode, there will be two more episodes of OCD, and then I am officially wrapping the podcast. Um, I know I just came back from a long break, but I have to put my big girl pants on and be honest with myself. Um, This is just a chapter I would like to lovingly close with all the love in my heart um, and on to to more adventures, of which I will be announcing on the last episode. Wow. All right. Yeah. The tease. Did you know that? <laughs> I know. The tease. I got Jeez. to. I got to keep the tease. You can't you, you, you can't just like put it all out there, man. I know, I know. It's fine. <laughs> well, you guys can hear his voice already. He hi. is oh, Hi. <laughs> he is one of my longest dearest friends. I adore him so much. He's been here before and he's back again. He Hello. is Megatron. How are hi. you, buddy? <laughs> I'm great. Uh I'm doing really well. Um, as we talked before we started recording, I'm very sleepy because yeah. I got up at three in the morning, but, um, otherwise I feel great. I feel great. Oh, I, I watched a comic book movie and I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it. Okay. So you saw it on Thursday and I saw it on Friday and yeah. you told, I didn't know that HBO dropped it before the theater date. Yeah. So they did the simultaneous, uh, streaming and theater release. And, uh, so, um, as we've seen with, uh, Black Widow and with Jungle Cruise, um, and all of the Warner Brothers movies, uh, mm-hmm. So far, uh, we'll see if they do this with Dune, if they keep Dune Ooh, good uh, both streaming and theaters. I don't think they will. I think okay. that they want that those theater money. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they did the simultaneous release. And um, the thing with HBO, right? Like, if you pay for HBO, you get it. Like, I didn't have to pay any more to watch Suicide right. Squad like, on like Disney, I did right? with yeah. Black Widow had to pay mm-hmm. my thirty dollars and I can watch it forever. But um <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was nice to be able to come like I came home from work and um was able to just sit down and pop on the movie and and go. And it was cool. Yeah. It's kind of nice. It's uh, well, I should say first of all, if you guys didn't read the title of the podcast episodes, we are talking about Suicide Squad yes. two. I guess the I sorry, the Suicide Squad. Oh, the Suicide Squad. There right. is no two in it, right? Correct. It is the Suicide Squad. Not a sequel. <gasps> it Ew. is chronologically after the first one, but it is technically, officially, not a sequel. Thank God, because the first Suicide Squad was trash. <laughs> so you, you did not like the first one, is what I'm I getting. I did not. No, okay. I did not. There were parts of the first one that I really enjoyed. I, you okay. know what? I will say that I, I feel kind of equal about the two uh, in that 
uh, there was a, some that I parts of it that I really, really enjoyed and parts of it that I was just like, this is garbage. Now, mm-hmm. the first movie, there was more garbage than there was stuff I liked. <laughs> this yeah. movie, there's more stuff that I liked than I thought was garbage. I, I think can't that believe that's a, you thought yeah. there were garbage in this one. But you know yeah. what? That's okay. It's going to make an interesting <laughs> conversation. You were For like, sure. before we started recording, you were like, what do you think? I'm like, uh, I want to see it again. You're like, um, I do not. <laughs> well, I, no, I will I will watch it again, right? Okay. Like, my girlfriend Sarah really wants to watch it, and so we're going to watch it together. Okay. And um, the funny part is, is that, and I'll dive into this deeper later, like with the advertising and with the hype that this movie had, I came into it with really high expectations and uh, it did not live up to my super high expectations. And so after it finished and I was like, oh man, I've got to watch this again with Sarah. Do I want to watch it again with Sarah? Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch it again with Sarah. So, like, it was it was kind of like that. But we'll, we can get into that more in a minute. We're going to get to that now. Okay, I'm, ready. I'm ready. Yeah, we're... Okay, so if you guys don't know Megatron's background, he's, like, super-duper, duper-duper <laughs> nerd. Um, yes. He's up on his <laughs> shit. Uh, I go to him if I have any questions. And so that's a lot coming from you. And I'm actually surprised. And like, I woke up this morning and I was like, John, let's go watch it again. And now you're saying the exact opposite. So I am so curious, dude, like ready, set, go. I So, okay. So here's the thing is uh, I liked it. I think it is the best of the DC movies so far. Okay, um, fair. It blew Justice League away. It blew the Snyder cut away. It blew, like James Gunn is an amazing filmmaker and mm-hmm. this movie is great it's a great movie it just it feels like to me that there is a lot of baggage that comes along with it and i that's not necessarily a horrible thing it's just it's a thing um the reason why james gunn made this movie was because he was fired from marvel after the right wing social media stuff and so this was like as they were leading up to the production of this you know like he was fighting that battle and this was his you know not his way of getting back at marvel right like he's a filmmaker he wants to make films dc gave him the opportunity he took it nobody i don't blame him for that i don't think anybody should um and uh, but there's there are a lot of people um, like I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, yeah, this was this was James Gunn's James Gunn's big fu to Marvel. And I was like, I don't think that it was an fu to Marvel. I think that he had more leeway to do what he wanted because DC was like, no, we need something that will stand apart, that will right. set us apart from Marvel. But. I feel like he took that and he went so far over the top with it that a lot of the like a lot of the humor didn't land for me. A lot of the gore felt like it was gore for gore's sake. Now, part of that is like par for the course for a Suicide Squad movie, right? Like Mm -hmm. these are the bad guys and we know that they that most of them are going to die. Probably fairly horrifically, (laughs) but, um, you know, 
all of the hype and all of the lead up for this movie was like, oh, the opening scene is like saving Private Ryan and this huge battle. And that opening battle bored me. Like I was bored because (laughs) and maybe this is by design, maybe not. But I did not care about any of the characters that were landing on the beach with flag right now. Mm The other the other half of the squad, like the 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 people that were the actual main cast of the movie that landed separately. Different story. Right. We we get to know them a little better. We you know, but there was all of this hype about Nathan Fillion's in the movie. Pete Davidson's in the movie. Uh, Flula Borg. Um, they brought Captain Boomerang back, right? Like yeah. all of this stuff. Michael that, Rooker, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michael Rooker as Savant. There's, you know, he opens the movie. And I know that it's by design, but none of them did anything. And the TDK scene where like he pops off his arms and he goes and he's just like, like that was cringeworthingly bad. Because I was like, <laughs> what do you, what? Why is this happening? Now, there were some really cool things like uh, Mongal mm-hmm. grabbing the helicopter and bringing, bringing it down and the helicopter killing so many people with all of that stuff. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley Quinn, amazing. amazing. Bloodsport, yeah. amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, Ca- Colonel, Ra- Fla- or Colonel yeah, Flag. Colonel yeah. Flag, awesome. Ratcatcher 2, fantastic. Oh, uh, Polka Dot Man. Really, like he was the surprise for me, like of the person that I really, really enjoyed. But yeah. uh, I did not like John Cena in this movie. I How thought he was that? terrible in this movie because he didn't do anything any different than any other movie he's been in. He plays the same person in every movie. He was the exact same person that he was in Fast and Furious 9. And that's boring. I got you. And so there were some genuinely funny moments that I really enjoyed. And he was genuinely funny in a lot of them. But like they made a really big deal about the Peacemaker series that they've been filming and how like how excited they are to be able to work with him. And after seeing this movie, I do not want to watch that show. Like I do. I do not care about it. And so. That's all the that's all the negative that I have, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I love it. I love that you <laughs> I love. No, it's funny because I think that you can absolutely look at the just taking the beginning scene, your point with the beginning scene. I totally I can get that. I can I can get down with what you're saying. Like, it makes sense to me. Like, it's it's a little silly. Um, it's a little too cliche for things. Um, it was a little cliche that they brought in actors, um, these high profile actors, and they kept marketing them and then they're on there and they're for nothing. Right. But the, I don't know, the creator in me is like, but that's, I think that's kind of the thing about Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. No, it absolutely is. It's like so hokey like that. And I like, I, I found it funny that they had the only reason, and you said that we don't care about the characters, and I agree, but the only reason why we, we cared about them is because we knew them as actors, right? You're like, right. oh, man, there's Pete Davison. Oh, man, there's Michael Rooker. What's going to happen? Da-da. And then they die, and I started laughing. I was like, that's 
fucking hilarious. Like you get these amazing people and they're in there for 10 minutes and then they're like, they're gone and they've been marketed this whole time. And then they just (laughs) die. Like weasel kind of dies in the beginning, comes back at the end. Obviously it's like, sure. You want to explore all those things, and you're, and I'm not saying you're incorrect, like not even in the slightest. But it's also, I'm just kind of like, I feel like that's James Gunn being like, like you know, I don't yeah, know, yeah. just, just, just his. I, I like his voice in that. I, I feel sure. like I could see him in that, and yeah, I yeah. enjoyed that for me. See, and that's and like I was telling a friend of mine on Facebook in the my nerdy Facebook group, like <laughs> just because I didn't like it. Right. Doesn't mean that that's a bad movie, right? Like, I would never say that this is a bad sure. movie. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. Parts of it just weren't for me. Um, that's okay. I will say I really liked watching a Pete Davidson character get shot in the face. <laughs> I want to make like, it clear that I'm, t- <laughs> that I'm talking about a Pete Davidson character, not the person Pete Davidson himself. I'm sure that he is really lovely, but mm-hmm. I loved watching his character get shot. <laughs> Um, there was a lot of gore in this too, there, like you mentioned. Yes. Oh my gosh, it was so much gore. I was like, really? Did we need? Did we need all that? But um, also the the um, cap. I want to say Captain Mal, Firefly. Hello, Nathan Fillion. He's like the, the that that adds to it too. As hokey as that was, where his arm bones were poking out. Like the right, arm right. bones actually look like that when you pull them out of the the, the <laughs> shoulder sockets. Like yeah. it was just. It, I think it was just a joke the whole way through. But. Oh, for sure, right? <laughs> it was just you know like when I watched that and those the arms are floating there and he's just slapping them. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> w- what are you doing? What? Why <laughs> is this happening? Um, it was nice to see Nathan Fillion's character, mm-hmm. character. Um, get shot a bunch of times. That was cool. I'm not a f- I'm not a fan of Nathan Fillion. Whoa. Um, but like I talked about this on Twitter the other day. Um, I asked the question like, do you have an experience with a celebrity that everyone you know loves, but that okay. you had a personal like a bad personal experience with them. Oh no. And um, he was at a uh, Seattle International Film Festival gala years ago. This was forever ago. I think this was for Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. And he was wow. he was just the biggest asshole. Oh no. And, I um, that. So that tainted my view of him. And so all of that stuff kind of filters in, right? But um yeah, you know. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's funny. I used to work on the Total Bellas, Total Divas show, and in, mm-hmm. in for the legal part yeah, of it. Yeah. I never, I never got. I got to meet a couple cast members, but anyway, John Cena was on Total Bellas. He is definitely a particular dude. You know, he's very much likes his things very like there's a there's a total Bella's episode where the Bella's go to live with him in his house. And he has all these like extreme house rules. And it just seems like so silly. But like people were like, oh, no, like that was that was real. Like that was those were really his rules. Wow. And yeah. And like he I mean, I'm not going to judge the guy. He doesn't sure. want he doesn't want kiddos or marriage because he wants to focus on his acting career. Blah, 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 blah. So he takes it very, very seriously. Um and and I have a 
John Cena's a weird one for me, is, is I think is what I'm saying. I kind of have a mix of him in my head. You're talking about like celebrities with a weird taste in your mouth throw him. It's like, yeah. I don't think he's weird. I don't judge the dude. Everybody's particular. It's cool. But like yeah. he's, it's like his comedy is very similar where it's like him joking is not anybody but himself. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just him joking. It's John Cena joking. It's not Peacemaker joking. It's John right. Cena. <laughs> and I will say, I think that John Cena was perfect for that role. Ah, okay. Right? Like, Interesting. Yeah. I can't see anybody else playing that specific role. It feels sure. like it was built for him, mm-hmm. but it was John Cena. It wasn't. Whatever, whatever Peacemaker's real name is, it's John, you know, like the Peacemaker is John Cena or whatever. Right. So, now. uh, Well, I was going to say, each of these characters are just so interesting because Peacemaker really had me thinking, like, he he's a guy that loves, I don't, I mean, actually, I should ask you first, have you read any of those comics? I haven't. So this is, and this is one, like this one and Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like the, the James Gunn movies. Are I had never read these comics before okay. watching the movies. And so, you know, I kind of looked them up and, you know, did some cursory research before I watched the movie. But this was never part of my comic book reading. So. Ah. I'm I'm really interested into all of these stories, though. Like, I'm curious if there's a story for each of these characters. Like, Peacemaker's character, like, obviously, he, he did very much play, like, the soldier son, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, kind yeah. of a thing. He definitely, like, he, he, play, he stayed true to what he truly believed in until the very, very end, maybe. Sure, yes. You know, and I, he did make me wonder what was behind those eyes. Like, right. what? happen when you were a kid like something real fucked up like you know what i'm saying yeah and like i'm curious like what did he do to get put into prison to be on the bad guy squad if he's this patriot whatever guy so (laughs) killing everybody i guess probably probably (laughs) well let's talk about the dazzling parts of this which i have a feeling you're you're gonna agree um viola davis Fantastic. A different, uh, different Amanda Waller than the first one. It felt like, so the first one, super confident all the way through, right? Like everything was good. This one, she felt a little more, um, a little more unhinged Yeah. to me. Yeah. And, but I thought that she did it really, really well. Yeah. She did. She did a great job. And then it, it, it's like, I think in the, in the first Suicide Squad or the, the not, the un the unsequel I don't know what yeah I'm yeah saying. you know the other one the one with the Joker in it um, <laughs> <laughs> she was very much like we trusted what she was saying like as an audience member you're like y'all you better freaking listen to that girl like you know don't right. don't push her buttons but this one I was like whoa whoa like chill you're about to kill a whole city of kids like what do you mean you're pushing buttons for the back of people's heads just so easily like right it was a little too much and I love when she got hit in the head in the end I was like <laughs> that was <"Yes!"> so good <laughs> <laughs> that was great yeah. and I love I love Steve Agee mm-hmm. um who played John in the office but also was the motion capture for King Shark so yes. he, he was the guy running around as King Shark, even though Shark. Uh, Sylvester Stallone voiced him. And um, I really enjoyed that dynamic with him getting to do, you know, like 
double dip in the movie. Uh-huh. And so, uh-huh. but I, I loved his sort of balance between uh, Amanda Waller's person and yeah. then this guy at her right hand who's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And speaking of King Shark, he I can probably name all of his lines. Every time he talked, I laughed so hard. You probably didn't, but I, I just thought he was so silly. <laughs> there were a few that I really enjoyed, and there were others where I was just like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> More dumb friends. Come on. I lost yes. it. Oh, so good. Um, but I love how they, um, the rat catcher too, she always kept trying to calm her down. I loved her character. Yes, I loved the was, little the rats. Yes. Yeah, oh, Sebastian. Sebastian was great. Sebastian, somebody wave at him, please. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> what do you think about uh, the interchange between Deadshot, Will Smith as Deadshot in the first movie, and Idris Elba, as Bloodsport in the second movie. Idris Elba, dude. He Anything he touches turns to gold. I love him and everything that he does. He was amazing as Bloodsport. I think, I mean, to compare him to um, Will Smith's, what was it? What did you say? What was his name? Deadshot. Deadshot. I was going to say Bloodshot. Deadshot. Um, that was fine. I think he did great. I also love Will Smith. But I feel like Idris took this to a whole nother level because he needed to basically lead a band of idiots right. to victory, which is not easy, especially when they're murderous band of idiots. Right. And um, they all are just like, ooh, shiny, you know, going after their own thing. But he had a way of corralling all of those energies and characters and personalities to following him and believing his strategy and trusting him. Yeah. Even Colonel Flagg was like, you, you couldn't even tell that he was like, quote unquote good guy and then Bloodsport was bad guy. They teamed up and they made such a great match. He even trusted him, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I, I liked the difference between uh so with Deadshot, with Will Smith's character, his relationship with his daughter, very loving, very homey, yeah. very, you know, like I'm doing this for my daughter because, you know, she's great and I don't want anything bad to happen to her. Mm-hmm. Bloodsport, Idris Elba's character, not a great relationship with his daughter, right? Like very combative, very difficult, you know, uh, hard relationship, but he still cares about her. Right. Doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. This is why he's going on this mission so that she doesn't get, you know, thrown into that system. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought that that was a nice a nice way to differentiate between the two, despite them sure. being very similar in that actor of color fighting for a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed him in like, he was my favorite part of the movie was, yeah. was Idris Elba doing his thing. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. He, I did not expect him to carry the movie the way that he did. Yeah. Yeah. And like, especially I loved all of his little gadgety stuff, right? Like yeah. his helmet was amazing, but all of the way that all of his weapons sort of just worked and you could put them together and make a big gun or use them separately and have little guns or grappling hooks or whatever. I loved it. I thought it was all very like Batman, but better. Yeah. Different, maybe not better, but you know what I mean? I totally know so. what you mean. I totally know. It was kind of like, um, 
what I'm thinking of is like a like a boutique uh, shop kind of thing. Like instead of it being like super rich guy having all these gadgets, it's like right. he worked with what he had right. and he did really well. And then yeah, just his guns. I mean, shout out to the gun at the end when it just kept building upon building upon building upon <laughs> I know, itself. Right? That was so cool. <laughs> I loved it. Um, um, well, we got to take a moment to talk about my girl Harley Quinn because yes. she's. I just love her. I love Marco Robbie as her, always and forever. Um, I, you know, people always say that the DC films this is like, you know, they haven't done really well, and I always have to remind people, like, what about Birds of Prey? It Birds of Prey amazing. was yes, tr- truly good. I do think that this version of Harley was a little bit of a step backward, okay, from what we saw her character development out of Birds of Prey, okay, but. The throwaway line of what were you in for? Oh, you know, like I did whatever. I don't even remember what she did, but it was it was a nice sort of nod to you were way over here when we saw you last and now you're back in prison. Um, What did you think of Harley's interlude? The interlude. Her, Her little solo mission that she goes on. With, with the Corto Maltese, all of that. Oh my God. I love, she cracks me up, dude. Um, she, I loved it. Uh, I mean, yes, I loved it. I loved it because it was, we thought that she was going to meet her doom. We thought that something bad was going to happen. And then she turns into becoming this like pretty princess Mm -hmm. and she keeps on the red dress the entire movie, which I thought was funny as well. Um, and she's wooed by the guy she gets proposed to, and then she kills him. And then she has this <laughs> whole like murderous speech as he's like crawling to his death. And she, I just kept thinking like, he can't hear you, dude. Like she, he's off in another world, like dying. He's busy dying. He can't hear you. But just her, her rattling was funny. I even, I even wrote down, um, during that scene, I was like a very tamed down Harley. And then I saw her kill the guy and I literally crossed it out. Nope. <laughs> never mind. She's Funny. still killing people. No, I loved it. I thought she did great. I loved all of her fight scenes. I think she gets amazing fight scenes. I love the flower moment where it's like, right. you know. Yes. Yeah, and she comes out. And and even like the ongoing comedy of it where they go to save her. And she's like, oh, I could go back in. And you guys that was could very do the cute. plan. Yeah. I loved it. It's like <clears throat> you. the thing about Harley is that you don't need to worry about her. Like she's she's a small gal, but like, like just don't – like. The fact that she still gets choked up when people care about her or show her moments of love means that, like, she doesn't expect anybody to save her except for herself. I agree with that. I will say that um, up until the actual, like, fight scene, that um, I felt like they knew that they needed to add lots of Harley Quinn to please the fans of Harley Quinn. Sure. And so um, it's so interesting, like right about that moment where she was getting to the, the, the mansion and was putting on the dress and was being wooed by the president. Yeah. That was the moment where I texted my friend Matt and I was like, I'm bored. Really? This, this movie really? is boring me because, okay. because it was like, they had a beach scene, they had a flashback, they had a beach scene, they had a flashback, they had an interlude, and now Harley Quinn is like, 
gonna marry the president of Corto Maltese? Like what? <laughs> and then so but then like yeah. everything changes. She shoots the dude, she goes through, she murders everyone, she escapes, and you know, yeah. the the team is there, all of that. Um really oh man. That that also reminds me that um when the team goes through the rebel camp and just kills everyone. Oh my god! And then realizes that those were the good guys and they had just killed everyone. So good. That made me laugh out loud. That was one <laughs> of the moments where I laughed out loud. Uh, so fantastic. Oh, but yeah. um, until the moment where they st- where she actually started fighting, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't care about any of this like why are we doing this and then like we found out why we were doing that and it and it turned out to be a a very cool moment um but it was just it was so funny because it was like 45 minutes into the movie i paused i looked to see how much time was left and uh and i I texted my friend matt and was like man i'm not loving it so far but then you know like i ended up liking it you know it, it got better and i found that when I looked at it like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Okay. I, I it, I made, this going. it made me look at the movie a little differently. So the way oh, I okay, picture it is, go, go. I'm is so excited for this. Okay. you get this big group of people who are all super keen on playing D&D. Huge group of people and everybody yeah. that makes their characters. My arms pop off. I have a lot of guns. I throw a javelin, right? Like I'm a giant shark. And (laughs) when it comes down to it's time to play the game, everybody's ready. And half of the team, half of the the players are like, ah, I can't make it tonight. And so that first battle is just the the dungeon master being like, this is going to be super fun. (laughs) I'm just going (laughs) to I'm going to kill all of these people very wonderfully. And then you have the the group of like six people that are dedicated and they're like, yes, we're playing this campaign. We're doing this. And uh, Harley Quinn's player is like, oh, I can't make it this week, but. If you don't mind sitting down with me tomorrow night, we can do a little solo mission and I can meet up with the rest of the group next week. Right. That's what that felt like. And it was okay. like it was the DM taking Harley Quinn through this thing so that she could meet up with the rest of the team next week when they all met up and so they could go do the rest of the thing and they could go fight the big bad. Um yeah. I love that. I love that so much. That That is a really good way to put it in perspective. And I think that's why that you view it the way that you do, because you because you're such a hardcore D&D player, P.S. Right. Um, you are very much like a team player. And like because it's Suicide Squad, you assume mm-hmm. that the squad will be there together. But yeah. you also made a really good point earlier that they really do have to give a shout out to their Harley fans, especially coming yeah. off of Birds of Prey, just sure. to give her a moment. And I was all for it. But I, but as a whole, you make a good point. Like, why are we over here? Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I also, I find it interesting, like, there have been so many posts on the internet that are hyperbolically like oh my god this is the greatest comic book movie ever or like jim zub who is a comic book writer that i love i love his work i love him as a 
like uh, a human being in the comic book space because of the the point of view that he has and the way that he approaches his stories and the way mm -hmm. that he approaches the fans and watching him like just gush about the movie. And I'm like, man, did I watch a different movie? Like, okay. did yeah. I see something different than you did? And maybe I just need to go and watch it again. Maybe I need to see it in a theater. Sure, 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 sure. So I'm not just sitting on my couch watching it at home with my phone in my hand. Mm -hmm. um, Able to but, pause and see how much time is left. <laughs> right, because I was because I was bored in the beginning. And um, but I, you know, one of the things that he posted was he would love to see uh, much like the Fast and Furious series or much like, you know, any other sort of serialized movie franchise. Like, let's just keep doing these. Like, yeah. keep, keep dragging through the rogues gallery yes. of the DC universe, introduces to new characters, kill them and have the, the universe, right? Just, like yeah. there are so many different characters that they can draw from. And I like that idea. I think that that's awesome. I think that that would be super fun. I would go yeah. see those movies and um, yeah. So you'd be there for, I totally understand that. And I'm going to bring it back to Marvel because we always find a way. Um, but like, but like if you look at i don't know thor dark world awful terrible but do we still love marvel yes because we kept giving them a chance they kept putting shit out and we're like yes 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 no 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 yes 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 you know what i mean it's because we gave them that chance to show us like who mm -hmm. these characters are that's why we love them because they built this for us and i i think it's funny that you that you mentioned dark world specifically mm -hmm. because out of that less than spectacular movie we got so much good stuff because of the way that Ragnarok tied in the way that Infinity War and Endgame tied in and then the Loki series um amazing like the way that it connected to that movie in such a big and meaningful way for the character like we wouldn't have that moment if we didn't have this mediocre movie to reference and so yeah it's like it's so interesting how even the most wrinkled and weird puzzle pieces yeah. still help fill out the, the 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 larger picture and um so yeah, yeah. i you know when i said suicide the suicide squad this movie mm -hmm. was the best dc movie I had forgotten about Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's probably number two behind Birds of Prey because I loved Birds of Prey. So loved good. it. Loved it. Ridiculously so. good. Um, well, okay. So we've talked about all of the characters. We've talked about Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the freaking starfish. Yes. Scene. <laughs> the whole mission. <laughs> For them, did you like this character? Did you did you appreciate it? Did it give you all that you wanted in a giant undersea creature? <laughs> uh, yes, it did. Um, I thought the character design was phenomenal, right? Mm. Like they did they did a really spectacular job with the the actual design of the the enemy, the the giant kaiju starfish. Yeah. What fascinated me about it was the history of that character that I learned 
while like looking at stuff on the internet and finding out that Starro, the giant starfish, was one of the first big bads that the Justice League fought Whoa. back in like the 60s or whatever. And so James Gunn was like, let's let's use this super fucking weird. Wait, sorry. Let's use this super weird starfish thing <laughs> as the big bad. And yeah. um yeah, I keep forgetting. Like it's like is this a podcast that is okay to curse on? I can't remember. Um it's okay. No worries. But uh yeah, you know, it's weird. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so weird, and the the little the little mini starfish that fly yeah. out of his armpits his and, armpits. <laughs> um, you know, controlling people and uh, but uh, like the thing about the about Starro that got me, like that actually like was like oh, was as it was dying, it said, I was happy when I was just floating out in space looking at the stars, oh. and it's like. Yes, because humans are garbage and we see something interesting and yep. we have to take it and we have to make it our own. And yeah. it's like we have to test it and bring it in the lab and shake my fist off. at you. So, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. But that's really sweet. Yeah, it was after. So uh, Harley had gone through like, OK, the fact that Harley kept the javelin for the entire movie. Yes. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> that's another amazing. character. That was such a great. Right. Yeah. Such a great through line. Um, but, yeah. you know, like she uses the, the javelin to go in and, you know, wreak havoc and all the rats. And um, so, you know, like the, the heroes of the movie are, you know, like we have our our yeah. blood sport and our rat catcher and our Harley. Yeah. Um, how, what did you think of uh, Polka Dot Man? Oh, my gosh. Polka Dot Man was great. I love that everything turned into his mother. That the first time that happened, where it was the the big group and they're all his mom, I, that was one of the moments that I laughed out loud <laughs> in my living room. It's so it's so weird because like he kept saying it. He's like, everything is my mother, or like I'm just gonna pretend they're my mother and then I kill them. And he just kept saying that. <laughs> yes. And then they showed it through his eyes and we're like, oh no shit, everything is literally your mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoy. David Dastmalshian. I hope mm -hmm. I'm saying that right. Uh, he's he's so good in so many things. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. I love him in Ant-Man. I loved yes. him in this. Yes. And um, I'm super stoked to see him play Piter in Dune. Um, yeah. Like, he looks crazy in the, in the trailer for that. But mm -hmm. um, his, like, his character was so understated and so like demure i guess um but the way that they described his power and how it worked and why he feels the way he feels like i really enjoyed that i thought that that was super interesting yeah so. i like that i liked his um his like uh rash quote yes, unquote, yes. rash and how he had to dispel all the dots i actually wanted to know more about him mm -hmm. i wanted to know what what was that about like his parents Test his mom tested on him and his oh my he was, they were trying to make him into superheroes and the amazing part is at the end when he gets killed he said I'm a fucking superhero and he just kept <laughs> saying that because he finally fulfilled what his mom had been trying to make him be and he had finally done that that was his last his dying words I, is beautiful in that way 
And going back to the D&D metaphor, it was like, <laughs> you know, like he ma- he fails that one save and, you know, gets squished. But uh, yeah, it was uh, I enjoyed that. He's yeah, he's in like, I don't think. OK, so I was going to say, I don't think that they cut corners on anyone. I think I mean, but mm-hmm. they, they did. In the, I know. Wait, that's arguable. I shouldn't have said that out loud. But like. <laughs> I, I don't know. Each character, there wasn't a character that I didn't want to know more about. Uh, uh, you know, team two, not team one on the sure. private Ryan beach. Okay. Right, right, team right. Team two, I wanted to know everything. Oh, did you, okay, did you catch in the Peacemaker and Colonel Flag scene when they first started fighting, they did all of the fighting inside of Peacemaker's helmet? Did you catch that? Oh, yes. I thought that that was really, really cool. Yeah. Chef's kiss. That was yeah amazing these these fight scenes just in general i think the look of did you like the look of the movie at least yes i okay i thought it was really one like and that's like a credit to james gunn he's an he's an incredible filmmaker mm-hmm. and uh yes it looked amazing um especially like the way that things were different depending on which character you were following right right so right, right right in those moments with peacemaker you know, like it is that weird sort of military-esque sort of thing. But then mm-hmm. when you're following Polka Dot Man, you know, it's kind of surreal and kind of, you know, like weird. And then Harley is Harley and, you know, mm-hmm. and exploding flowers and, and you know. exploding flowers and <laughs> javelins. I love but, it. Yes, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good looking movie. Yeah. And um, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what they're going to do with that end credit scene with Peacemaker. Like, where is that going? I think that that is leading to the television show that they have been filming for HBO. Okay. I think that that was what that was leading mm, towards. Okay. I wonder if, like, okay, so John Cena, he had his moment, his WWE moments. He got to fight, and I was like, there we go. Like, there he is. That's how I felt about, and I that's how I felt about Car. Cara Dune, is that who I'm thinking of? Right, Where yes. she was the fighter in Mandalorian. Um, right. Po- politic- political stuff aside, unfortunately, she's yeah. an awful person. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, But she had her moments, too, where she could fight. And I love when the fighters have those moments. And they gave John Cena that moment a few times, yes. too. Yes, yes, Yeah, which I appreciated. And I was like, there he is, you know. But I would definitely love if – it's not that his acting was bad. It's that it's not gooey. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And like, for me, it's just, it's not that it's bad. He's not a bad actor. Mm-hmm. He's just the same person every right. time for me. Right. And, you know, like I enjoyed him in Final Fan or Final Fantasy. Fast <laughs> and Furious 9. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He would be, that would be very interesting. Final Fantasy 9 starring John Cena. <laughs> As the blue mage. No, I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's funny. I'm, like, looking at how much we've been talking, and it's only been 45 minutes, but, like, you and I are talkers. We're just like, but mm. I'm like, I, I, like, I don't, I mean, do you have any, like, last things that you'd like to say that we haven't said yet, maybe? Um, um, just so we get it all out. Squeeze the, the orange, as it were. Um, I loved... Ratcatcher 2 and Bloodsports, like the way that their relationship kind of 
grew through the movie. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was very, it was a nice way to tie in Bloodsport's frustration with his daughter, yet still love for her. Mm -hmm. Now he has this pseudo daughter figure that he is trying to protect, but she sees this pseudo father figure and, you know, like Taika Waititi is rat catcher was really great, but mm -hmm. you know, like she has this father that she couldn't save that she couldn't help. And now she has blood sport and she can. Mm -hmm. And so like seeing that sort of come together was really cool and really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think, yeah, I, I, I really liked that relationship. I really liked the way that the team kind of like the the main cast really gelled i loved mm -hmm. king shark yes. i thought he was great his moment with the little with the fake mustache yeah. and you know and when yeah. he was sitting out in the van mm -hmm. waiting for the group that was in the bar i was mm -hmm. like somebody needs to go check on him like somebody yeah. go talk to him so he's not so lonely out in the truck Poor um guy. But uh, yeah, you know, like I, it's funny because I, I came into the, the beginning of the podcast being like, it wasn't a great movie and mm -hmm. here's why. And yeah. now I'm like, well, there was this really good part and this really good part and this really good part and this really good part. So, you know, I think uh, the, all of the, the cons that I mentioned aside is great. It's good. Movie. Yeah, so. it's good. It's, it's, it's stable, right? It's, it's yes. solid. Yeah. It is the second best DC movie after Birds of Prey. Yes, <clears> yes. <throat> um, I loved the government whole aspect of it as, at the end because I thought it was so relevant. America hiding things that they do. Sure. And then the Suicide Squad being like, we could use this as our freedom, but still knowing in the back of their minds, like, this needs to get out to the public somehow. And as right. a viewer, we obviously have not been in their in their seat. You know, they're in these like these high guarded prisons that are hell. They keep mentioning how hellish it is and how terrible that place is. So anything to get out. But the fact that they still have a conscience that's like, well, maybe we should tell the world kind of a right. thing. It, I really just think like I, that played into my sympathy for them so much because even though they are terrible people who have murdered, da 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 da, -da Throughout the whole film, I thought that James Gunn did a really good job, or you know, the people that wrote it, of course, and the, the actors really, uh, I keep mentioning it, they made their background gooey. Like yeah. you had sympathy yeah. for them. And it really showed that like whoever their inner child is, their conscience was still turned on and like they are still kind people in there amongst the the demons that roam around in their head. You sure. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Why right don't? Well, cool. Well, hey, thanks for hanging out with me and talking about the Suicide Squad. Of course. Thanks for inviting me to be on your not penultimate episode. Next, yeah. your pre-penultimate uh, episode. You said it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, where can people find you out there in cyberspace? Oh, man. Uh, I'm at Punk Jr. everywhere. So Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um I have a D&D &D podcast that uh, has been on long-term hiatus. Uh, we finished up our third season back in January, question mark? It's been a while. Um, but we are, we are working on 
piecing together the plot for the fourth season. Um, we lost some cast members, and so uh, we are working on trying to figure out how to fill that out in a interesting yet equitable way. Mm-hmm. And um, so that'll be around sometime in the nearish future. Uh, that's Adventure They Wrote. Um, you can find it wherever you download your podcasts. Um, it's fun. It's a noir themed mystery D and D podcast. Um, and, uh, there are, uh, thir- three seasons. So if you have, if you're looking for short form, right? Like, uh, we're 45 minutes to an hour long episodes, um, short form D and D, uh, we, we're, we've got it. And, uh, but otherwise, yeah, on Instagram and Twitter, man, at Punk Jr., that's that's pretty much it. I yell about politics and... And Marvel. And Marvel movies and Star Wars. And Star Wars <laughs> and D&D. <laughs> yeah. I know it's... It. Okay, I know that this is not a comic book uh, moment, mm-hmm. but um, what are your thoughts about the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser? I had, there's a gape in my knowledge. What is so, that? So um, Disney, uh-huh. uh, Florida, Walt well, Disney World, they are building a hotel that is basically a star. It's a cruise. It's uh, three days, two nights. What? And uh, you are on a starship. Wow. And you are in Star Wars wow. for two days. But they just... Uh, they just released pricing and it's like uh, for two people, it's twelve hundred dollars per person per night. What? So, yeah. So what? it's it's like forty eight hundred bucks for two people for a cabin. And I think it's the most brilliant idea I've ever seen. I want to go so bad. Yeah. But also it's kind of like Westworld in that. It's gonna be a bunch of rich folks and their kids. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But oh man, that sounds awesome. I yeah. wonder how they're gonna make it. Like, I mean, Star Wars on the water. Like, yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, you like the hotel. I guess is built sort of underground, so that all of the the windows you are big screens, so they look out and you. It looks like you're looking out into space. Wow. So. Oh, yeah. I'm so interested. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested. I'll, I got to look at that. I'll send you part. some stuff. Yes, yeah, send me some stuff. Send me some stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. That's a cool piece of news. Yeah. <laughs> it's not comic booky, but it yeah, was it is. interesting it's to me. Star Wars com- <laughs> yeah, it's totally up my alley. I can't believe I didn't. I mean, yeah, I got to look into that now. Now I'm upset. I'm like, wait a minute. Why didn't I know about that? Don't be upset. Hmm. I won't be upset. I'm done okay. being upset now. Uh, Well, hey, if you guys like this episode, you can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast. OCD Podcast on Instagram is not going to ever go away. I might pop in and put some comic book stuff there. I don't know, y'all. But uh, one thing I do know for sure is that uh, we've got two more episodes left and they're going to be fun. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. Tune in next time for more comic book fun. Say bye, Megatron. Bye, Megatron. (laughs) 